Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Are you about to go on a first date with someone that you think has serious potential to be a medium to long-term partner? Maybe you've just been on a date or a couple of dates with someone you think, yeah, could be ready to go the full mile, but you're just not sure how to interpret what are some of the red flags you should be looking out for. Well, today what I want to do is I want to share with you some of the, the red flags you should be looking for in the first few dates with someone that you think has potential for medium to long-term relationship. And these are some of the traits that I've learned to look for in my own life, as well as what I advise my clients to look for. Whether you're a guy or a woman and you're out there dating for a medium to long-term relationship, keep watching to find out the flags you got to be trying to spotting. You got to try to be spotting? Look out for the flags you got to be looking out for. <laughs> See you soon. So as I alluded to in the intro, not all of these red flags will necessarily come up in a first date. They'll likely come in the first few dates, but you should be learning to dig a needle and learn about these potential flags in a partner in the first date or first few dates. Because if you know this information, you've got a much clearer picture if they're likely to be a great candidate for a long-term relationship, or if there's more you need to learn about them because there could be trouble ahead. So let's get started with the list with number one. Now, number one is like one of my pet peeves, and I know it is for a lot of you watching as well. If you go on a date and the other person is late and they don't seem to care that they're late and they haven't really given you a warning. So the reason why this is a big red flag is because the attitude towards you on the first few dates is where most people are on their best behavior, right? We are trying to put across our best foot forward on the first few dates. And if someone's best foot forward is they're being late, what it's telling you is that their attitude towards being on time in general is really, really poor, right? It's telling you that their attitude towards respecting your time, right, and the space that you create for them is low. Their, their respect for that stuff is low or their, their ranking, their importance they rate in their lives, that is ranking low. If that's important to you, it is always going to be a problem in your relationship. Uh, it's one of those things that seems really small and petty, but actually if you're someone, because we fit in the two camps, right, we... we Hate people, we hate trying to constantly be places on time. We just want to take life easily. Or we like being punctual and we really need people to be on time. Whichever camp you fit into, it, it, it is oddly important in every relationship that I've seen that, you've, that you and your partner both fit into the same camp. <laughs> it's not small. It's not petty. That's a thing that's happening already in the first few dates. It should be a red flag because it is going to cause ongoing problems and not just with timeliness. Red flag number two. All right, so now we're getting into things that are a little less obvious. So the red flag number two is if the person you're on a date with has never had a long-term relationship before. So whether it's a guy or a girl, it doesn't matter in this circumstance. This is a problem. Now, why is this a problem? There is a, an alarming number of skills that we have to learn when we're in a long-term relationship. Like we have to learn emotional communication in a way that you probably don't learn anywhere else in life. You have to learn to listen to another person, even when you're feeling hard done by. You need to learn to, uh, to, to, to manage another person's emotions full time. You need to learn to be house trained. Like a lot of women, surprisingly, I say surprisingly, because stereotypically women were always well house trained. And by house trained, I mean 
they know how to wash up and they know how to look after themselves, clean the house. Guys very often aren't, and this is often a red flag for women, right? A guy can't even look after his house, can't keep the place clean, socks, underwear everywhere, all that stuff. That's a red flag because he hasn't been house trained. Like, I, it sounds derogatory. It's not meant to be, but if a person's ever been in a long-term relationship, it's likely there's a lot of lessons like this they need to learn. Even living with someone long-term is a whole new skill set, being respectful of another person's needs in a confined space. These things add up and they can be... I think what it means is that not that the relationship can't work, because it certainly can. It just means you have to be okay with training them. You have to, by training, I mean teaching them to, to be an adult in a long-term human relationship. And that, that, there are a lot of things to be learned and that will take time. That'll take like a year to three years for them to really sink into that and adapt. So know that that's going to come up if they've never had a long-term relationship before. Red flag number three is also related to past relationships. So this red flag is if this person that you're on a date with has a negative attitudes towards their past relationships. Because there is a lot to be said when you come out of a relationship. I know that not every, I mean, most relationships I mean, you're going to have in your life are going to end badly. That is just how it is. And, and relationships rarely just end amicably. But if that person's attitude towards all their exes is really negative, there's a problem. Why is there a problem? There's a problem because in 99% of cases, in every relationship, it takes two to tango, right? Both parties are doing something wrong in the relationship. It is a relationship falling apart that's going on. And if you talk to that person and that person just says, oh, my ex was a, was a bitch, my ex was a bastard, he was a snake, all my exes, blah, 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 and you just hear this pattern going on, what you're witnessing is you're witnessing a person who hasn't got the emotional intelligence to look inside and understand that they played a role in this relationship manifesting that way, the way that it was. And that means they're not taking ownership of their own stuff, their own crap that they've brought to the table in past relationships. And if you're going to date someone like that, that means you're going to be potentially in a relationship where this person never sees the wrong that they've done. This person isn't very good at understanding, oh, this was a bad communication between us. You're not a horrible guy. You're not a horrible woman. We haven't communicated well. Let's fix this, right? They're not able to take that more mature approach to relationship development that I know every medium to long-term relationship needs to survive, at least survive in a healthy, you know, emotionally healthy, well-adapted way that, that makes your life better and not worse. Red flag number four is one that some of you have probably heard before, but I want to go into more detail uh, than, than some of you may have thought about before. And this is the relationship they have with their opposite gendered parent or, or primary caregiver. So if it's a girl you're on a date with, what was her relationship like with her dad? If it's a, if it's a guy you're on a date with, what is his relationship with his mom? Now, it's really important to look at the dynamic of that relationship. First of all, is it a good relationship? Are they close to their mom? Are they close to their dad? Why is that important at a, at a very surface level? Well, that's important because however you cut it, we know that the, 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 the opposite gender that you're in close contact with growing up at very those important early stages in your life, they form your templates for what masculinity or femininity is supposed to be. And so... You know, if you grew up, that's why, you know, we have the, the joke about women with daddy issues um, because, you know, daddy abandoned, lots of daddy abandonment stuff. That's her template for men. So she'll tend to keep dating men who will abandon her. And it's really sad, you know, and same for guys with like, you know, I grew up like with my own trouble with, 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 with my opposite gender parent and with my mom and stuff. When we grow up like that, we, 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 we 
get issues with the opposite gender around whatever that relationship was like. And so, yeah, if you've got a guy who's got a terrible relationship with his mom, doesn't respect her, calls her all kinds of names, all this kind of stuff, that is a massive red flag because that was his template for femininity for women growing up. Same with a woman. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the opposite can be true as well. So if you're going to date a girl and she is like daddy's girl, right? So if you're dating a woman and her whole life daddy has been there to pick up the slack, to fix mistakes that she makes, to correct everything, to fix everything that goes wrong, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's dependent on daddy. You are going to step in and have to be daddy. And I know for some guys, they think, well, that's great. I get to feel useful. I get to feel needed. But that's a very, that's an unhealthy relationship dynamic because she's not learning to adult. She's not learning to be a fully functioning human being without someone else there propping her up. That's, I'd argue that's never a healthy adult human relationship to have. That's a romantic relationship. And so that's a bad thing. Likewise, if there's a guy that you're dating and he's like a mama's boy, He's always a red mum. He calls mum two to three times a week. He's, you know, all that stuff. Some women find that endearing because they think, oh, he's going to be a nice guy. He's going to be really decent. What he's going to be is he's going to be hugely dependent and clingy. That's not healthy either. And if you want that in a guy, that's your uh, unhealthy stuff coming through. That's not a healthy dynamic. What you need is you need a partner who is, who is fundamentally able to adult all on their own without their parents. All right. Or without their primary caregivers. And if either of them are dependent, that's bad. And either of them have a bad relationship with their primary caregiver, that's also bad. Now, again, when I say bad, I mean it's a red flag. There are always exceptions to every rule that I'll give. Of course, it's possible for them to have a bad relationship with their opposite-gendered parent and their very, very well-adapted human being. That's, of course, possible. You know, or maybe they grew up with a single parent. Totally possible for them to still be well-adapted. It is harder. It is definitely harder, but it's definitely possible. The other thing to think about is, or to consider, is whether they had opposite-gendered siblings around the same age. Now, this is another interesting one that I think isn't thought about enough. I've kind of encapsulated this still in the same red flag point. If you're going to be on a date with a woman and she has had brothers growing up close in age, she understands the masculine in a way that the father couldn't have ever taught because she understands the childish... Um, dark masculine stuff that often dad hides from daughters, right? She's going to see that in her brothers. The way brothers talk about girls, the way they interact, the way they fight, the way they play. She's got to understand all that stuff. She's got to have a much better understanding of boys um, than, than, a, than a girl who's grown up without any brothers, right? I My first partner, uh, she grew up without her father around and she grew up, my first long-term partner, and she grew up, she had no siblings. So she was alone with her mom. And her, you know, her mom did a, a good job of raising her. It was a good, stable house, all this stuff. But the difficulty was that she just could not understand all these things about me as a man. Like just even from tiny things like that I needed to eat a lot more than her. You know, like a teenage boy is always hungry. You know, those things to just all these aspects about me as a man she just didn't get. And it was really frustrating because she just didn't, on a gut level, didn't get it. and was constantly fighting against it because she expected to be me to be something like a boy, like a girl. You know, my behaviors and that's not true. It's the same for, for women who grow up without um, brothers, uh, boys who grow up with that. Sisters really don't understand women so well. If you think about, you know, guys, if you think about your, the friends that you have who seem to be good with women from a young age, I'm willing to bet they have sisters around their age. That's probably something you've never thought about before, but it's actually crucial because they have been around those girls and they've been around those girls' friends growing up. And what that means is they've come to understand women better than, say, you if you didn't have, were never around any girls around your age growing up at all, including siblings.
The fifth red flag is one that I think some people intuit on a gut level, but often avoid um, because we've been taught to avoid this topic on first dates. And that is your political leanings. You may have been told never talk about politics, ex-boyfriends, or religion on a first date. The reason why I think it's really important to talk about sort of just basic politics stuff is that our political leanings, whether you're left wing or right wing, they're more than just what you believe. They're actually really strong indicators of personality traits, right? Things like trait open-mindedness, right? Introversion, extroversion, all these things are closely correlated with your political leanings. And your political leanings play a really strong role in how you interpret the world in general. And so, you know, what you obviously shouldn't be surprised to find, people who are left-wing are much higher in trait in open-mindedness, so they're much op more open to uh, novel experiences, to seeing the world in a different light, to trying new things out. If you're right-wing, you're much more you're much more likely to want to lock down on what works and not change things. You don't like to change. You don't like to adapt. Um, now, neither is wrong or right, but they're different personalities. And so, if you are in a relationship with someone who has a different political leaning, that it's not impossible, it can work, but it's much harder to make work because when it comes to how you raise children, when it comes to pets, when it comes to friends, you're always going to have... Things aren't going to blend very well on an ongoing basis. And I think that a lot more attention needs to be, be, be placed in finding a partner who has similar political leanings to you because that means certain ways that they view the world are going to be similar. And that's, I've learned and I've seen with a lot of my clients, it's actually, it's amazingly critical. Uh, it's hard to have a relationship with someone whose political leanings are askew. So I think it's important. You know, it's not difficult to just say, oh my God, so what, how, how crazy is what's been going on in America right now, right? Black Lives Matter right now at the time of making this video is a whole deal. Just have a bit of a chat about it. How crazy is I've been watching this, reading this article about blah, 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 blah. You have a conversation, you find out where they're at, they see where you're at. And that's really important. And it can just be conversational, right? Doesn't this whole red flag hunting is needs to feel conversational. It doesn't need to feel like you're trying to, like a dog for a bone. You just want to you gently cover over these topics to get a feel for where they're at. Now, the last red flag is one that you are probably familiar with. It's a situation that has been discussed so much in the media and so much amongst friends groups. And that is, if you're on a date with someone, with a woman, and she doesn't offer to pay, <laughs> what do you make of it? Or a woman, if you're on a date with a guy and he doesn't offer to pay for you, what do you make of it? Now, this is actually really, I believe this is an important part of the date for guys to get right. It's also an important part of the date where you learn a lot about a woman and how she views her role in dating. If you go on a date, and if you're a guy, and a woman offers to pay for herself, doesn't offer to pay for herself, that tells you something. It tells you that she expects you to pay for her and cover her and that you are paying for her time, right? It, it, it tells you this story. This, to me, or she's very, very conservative in her views and guys should have to pay. To me, this is a red flag because really hyper-conservative views of relationships generally don't create foster healthy adult relationships in the modern world. So that's dangerous. It also tells you that yeah, she could be expecting you to pay for her time. Like she thinks, well, I'm here, aren't I? He should have to pay for it. I've seen those attitudes crop up. I'd be very careful. Again, not a it's a red flag, not a dump them straight away. Um, but likewise, if you're a woman and you go on a date with a guy, I think there are things that you, you should be considering. If the guy doesn't offer to pay for you at all, that doesn't mean he's stingy. 
but it is a red flag. And I'll tell you why it's a red flag. If a guy makes considerably more money than a woman on a date, or vice versa, if a woman earns considerably more money on a guy, but it, that's less likely to happen for two reasons. One is that women tend to date guys who are older and not vice versa, so men have consistently an edge on dates that they're more likely to earn more because they've been in the workforce longer. Um, and also because men tend to choose jobs and, 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 and careers that make them more money. Women tend to choose careers that are better lifestyle suited. So on average, it's the guy who earns more. If you're on a date and, and the guy earns more, he should be covering the date, I would argue. And the reason is that if you're earning more, the, the pain of going on a date hurts you a lot less. And by more, I don't just mean like eh, if he earns $80,000 a year and she earns $70,000. I mean, you know, I'm a 37-year-old guy. I'm doing quite well for myself. If I go on a date with a woman who's 25, just starting her career out of university, um, you, I know she's not earning very much. 25 bucks for a meal is nothing for me. And it's like a chunk of her weekly spending money for her, right? It's a deal. And, and covering that... It seems like a decent human being thing to do. But if I'm on a date with a woman who's earning very similar to me, I'm not so big on having to pay for her stuff, right? If it's just a coffee, I'll cover it because it's small. But if we're talking about more expensive things, I'm a little bit wary of this. And I, I, will, I will play a little bit based on the date. If it was a really fantastic date and she invested heavily on the date, I may cover her and pay for her just to be nice and say, hey, you can get it next time. I don't want to make money a weird thing. And I think women need to think about this with guys as well. What's his attitude towards paying? One of the big red flags, so guys, your big red flag is if a woman just doesn't even offer to pay for herself. If a woman does that for me, she will not see me again, period. Women, something you should be really cautious of is if you go on a first date with a guy and he insists on paying, and I don't just mean you offer to pay, it's like, nah, I'll cover it, don't worry. I mean, like, you really want to pay and it's like, it's an oddly serious deal for him that he has to pay, like his whole masculinity depends on it. And there are plenty of guys like that. That is a massive red flag. It's a massive red flag because if he sees him paying for your date or him potentially not having to pay for your date as being an affront to his masculinity, you've got problems. There are problems there. Not you've got, he's got problems and they will be your problems if you date him. So that is a big red flag that I think not enough women pay attention to. It is it is hugely indicative. If, if men are easily... If a man's sense of what makes him masculine is so delicate and so fragile at that point in time, you are going to have an eggshell relationship where he has to do lots of certain hyper macho things so that he keeps feeling masculine and it's going to be easy for you to emasculate him really easily with small things. That's a danger. That's a dangerous area. And I think you should be paying attention to that because that's not a dynamic I think most women want if they're going to look at someone for a medium to long term relationship. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.